So much research has come out in the last year. Hello, I'm Adam White, licensed acupuncturist, www.healthcmi.com. Today, acupuncture post-op osteoporosis fracture recovery discovery. So this one came out and was published at healthcmi.com on December 27th, 2019, showing that acupuncture aids compression fracture recovery. Fujian Provincial Geriatric Hospital researchers demonstrate that acupuncture improves recovery following surgery for osteoporotic vertebral compression fractures. So vertebroplasty is a type of surgery that involves injecting a medical-grade acrylic cement into a fractured vertebra to promote stabilization after it's been fractured. So that's the medical procedure that's done. And this study compared two groups. One received just the surgery, and another group received the surgery plus acupuncture. So success rates jumped from 83.72% in the surgery-only group to 97.67% in the acupuncture group. So really great news for people with an integrative medicine protocol. If you go to news, when you go to HealthCMI, click on news, and look for the article entitled Acupuncture Post-Op Osteoporosis Fracture Recovery Discovery. You'll see all the details of the study, the acupuncture points used, which are also very interesting. Uh, we're going to see standards like Ming Men do for GV4, which is right there at the spinal level, great for bone regeneration, and do 14 GV14 or Dazoi, right, Dazoi Ming Men. And that one we use a lot for febrile diseases and inflammation, but also at the opposite end towards the top of the spine under C7, another great way. And other points, GV3, GV9, GV20, so Bai Hui, Ya Yang Guan, Yang. And we expect local points at the spinal region to be there. And then several secondary points were mentioned. And if you go to the article, you can see all the secondary points. Some of them are in the paravertebral area, some are not. What, what the important takeaway from this is, is very simple, that a surgeon's going to go in and do their job, but the patients still have to heal well. That means several things. How quickly can inflammation come down? How can we avoid adverse effects like complications, including infections? This is where a lot of the research is showing that acupuncture prevents things like rejection of implants in terms of hip implants after hip replacement surgery or partial hip replacement surgery and so on. Bone plugs in the ankles when ankles are injured. For example, a simple turtle electroacupuncture around the area will prevent the body from rejecting it. Even if that patient has had multiple implants with multiple rejections and antibiotics weren't working. Why? Let's say hip implant because the blood circulation isn't getting through there, so the body is not draining out the toxins, nor can the antibiotics get the proper circulation to work in that area without good blood circulation and drainage. Once you add a little acupuncture to what we call invigorate the blood or move the blood in Chinese medicine, in other words, enhance circulation, then those antibiotics have a chance to work. Then the body has a chance to cleanse itself and heal itself. Again, if there's stagnant blood pooling in an area or stagnant fluids pooling in an area, it can lead to complications. This is where acupuncture is great post-op. Now, this is a little different. Acupuncture has, in multiple studies, 
been shown to help when bone needs to heal. So this is yet one more study showing this, and it's a great study. Again, just go to news at healthcmi.com and look for the article. There's a lot more in this article. It gets into a lot of detail. I think you're going to enjoy it. And it's been an exciting year here at healthcmi.com. Up and coming, uh, another one from the Journal of American Medical Association uh, in conjunction with Australian and Chinese researchers is showing that acupuncture reduces pain for cancer patients. And this is just on the heels of another article that came out in the Journal of Medical uh, American Medical Association showing that acupuncture prevents xerostomia, that is severe dry mouth, uh, for people getting radiation treatments for cancer. So there's a lot there in integrative medicine support. So this, this paradigm of a, a dichotomous setup, let's say it's West versus Eastern medicine, which is basically utter and complete nonsense. Uh, what there is, and this is a different focus entirely, is positive patient outcome rates. How many people, what percentage of people recovery per each protocol or procedure, and the degree of recovery. So when we're looking at osteoporotic fractures, people simply do better after the surgery if they're getting acupuncture. That's just what the data indicates. So we want to develop protocols for inpatient settings and outpatient settings that work on increasing positive patient outcome rates. And it's just that simple. And in the healthcare system, to give you a little background, we did have what we call the gatekeeper model for many years. Now, the gatekeeper model was you went to a particular doc that was approved by, let's say, your insurance. This is more typical in the United States. And that doc would then direct traffic to wherever that doctor deems. So the doctor says, you need to see this surgeon, you need to see this physiatrist, you need to see, and so on and so forth, right? That's the gatekeeper model. Now, what we're shifting into is the positive patient outcome model where care is afforded by, let's say, government insurances, uh, Medicare, VA system, what have you, or private insurance or self-insurance by companies and everything in between. There's a, definitely a lot of different kinds of health insurance. People may not be aware there's a health insurance attached to uh, workers' compensation, uh, a separate plan for if you get injured in a car, a separate plan attached to someone's homeowner insurance if you get injured on someone's property. Then there's your private health care insurance and your self-insured insurance. There's your out-of-state versus in-state and different laws, depending on where the insurance is bought. You have your large employer versus small employer versus individual purchase for, I mean, it goes on and on. It's, it's really um, a bit of a mess. However, when we look at positive patient outcome rates, regardless of whatever system of delivery for payment is, all of it needs to encourage one thing and one thing only the optimized treatment for the patient to get them better. So what are the protocols that are not effective and in many systems considering cost effectiveness to get the person not from point A to B, but from point A to Z where we've moved on, we've done everything that medicine can do and we've done it in the most optimal way to get the patient better efficiently and quickly and completely. So this is what we're really looking at with the research with positive patient outcomes. It's a little different than the gatekeeper model where a person simply decides this is more research-based, and this is the type of research we're looking at today. So hopefully that's a little background on the healthcare system. 
And I know globally that is a huge issue about healthcare delivery. There's so many issues that come up. Who is going to pay for the insurance? How is someone going to get reimbursed? Who is the person who employs the doctor? Then there's access to care issues. How does someone get to the doctor? Are there people with that specialty in their area? Then there's certification issues. Who gets certified for each specific procedure for different types of things? For example, if you're a dentist in Florida, you can do facial cosmetic surgery, but not in California or something like this. You know, there's so many ins and outs. And what a lot of people don't realize is that healthcare in the United States is uh, a state's right. So there are insurance commissions and regulations for medicine in each and every one of the United States individual states. And while there are there are federal rules as well, the states basically uh, have the most say in a lot of this. So for example, if someone's insurance is not paying for something, you go to your state insurance commissioner, for example. Now, of course, this can be very different for federal employees. And it's also a little different for people with out-of-state insurance or large employer groups that purchase insurance in a different state, and then there can be conflicts. So that's another zoo of ideas about what are, what's the most efficient way to get care to people. But when we get down to it, when you go see the doctor, you need to see the correct doctor using the correct protocols to get you better. If someone has osteoporosis and they're prone to fractures, then what is the advice they're going to get? What kind of strengthening treatments are they going to get? What type of supplements are going to be provided? Uh, There's a lot of issues, not just fixing the individual fracture, but preventing problems in the future. And dialing it back several years, think about preventing as much of this osteoporosis as possible. So what type of advice, for example, is a woman given prior to menopause about building up bone mass, knowing that some of this can be lost during that process. So we really need to move on from this whole gatekeeper model and work together to create a healthier public. In my own personal view, a lot of preventive medicine is not just going to be more effective, but it's also going to be cost effective on a society itself because it's a lot more expensive and a lot more suffering involved in fixing something after it started than the energy it takes to prevent that problem to begin with. So particularly with osteoporosis, a lot of education and programs really focused on preventing it, knowing that there's, there are risks as we age in particular, and knowing that there are risks with specific types of medications as well, certain types of like, say, long-term steroid use and such. So what can we do to mitigate these issues? What can we do to circumvent problems are really important questions. But if we look at the research, we do have a lot of solutions. And then it's an issue of protocolizing that into something doctors and nurses and acupuncturists and other healthcare providers can assist patients with. Thank you for listening. I'm Adam White, licensed acupuncturist, www.healthcmi.com.